scanner school we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby today we're going to talk about something a little bit different well not really so much it's a radio that's basically used for amateur radio and gmrs but we're going to talk about using it today for scanning and the reason why we're going to talk about this radio the anytone 878 uv2 plus for scanning is because it is a dmr capable radio and my thought on it is that well we can monitor DMR with it, so that means we can use it possibly for scanning, and that might actually save us some money from having to buy, say, a 325P2 or a 996P2, and then paying another whatever the price tag is these days from Unidin in order to upgrade that scanner to do DMR, that maybe for a lower price point, we can find something that'll just monitor your local conventional police department or fire district or a school system or water authority or whatever it is that is in your area that might be using conventional DMR. So that's my thought. And again, my name is Phil Lichtenberger and I am your host here. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. And again, my GMRS call sign is WQXJ920. As a quick reminder, before we get started, I'm always looking for more questions for upcoming Ask Scanner School podcast episodes. So I ask you at the end of this podcast episode, or you can do it now, just hit pause, pick up the phone, and leave me a voicemail, 516-308-2885. That goes right to voicemail, so you don't have to worry about me picking up the phone and having to speak with me. But leave me a voicemail on what your question is regarding the Scanner Radio hobby, or if you're out of the U.S. or it's just easier for you to do, use your phone, use your iPad, use your Android tablet, use your computer. As long as you have a microphone and a device, you can go to scannerschool.com slash ask, click on speak pipe, and leave me a voicemail message that way as well. Of course, you can always write us in. The form is right there on scannerschool.com slash ask. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month, or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early. And also, you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and 
thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pasco, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Shock Berry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Pruda, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeo, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, John Cordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lopez, Lopez. Nicholas Stanger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Roger Stenstrom, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Tim Mazza, Ted Glendy, and William Arcand. So here's the deal with this radio here. It's interesting because a couple of years ago, I bought an Olinko DJ MD5 with the thought of doing a podcast episode just like this, and it just never materialized. And the radio sits here on my shelf, and I barely used it, to be honest with you. I just, I, I don't know. For some reason, I thought it would work well for what I wanted it to do, and I just didn't have that much DMR to scan in my area. It's it's really mostly trunking. It's it's not really so much amateur radio. It's a couple frequencies, but I really started getting to DMR recently when I got my DMR hotspot. Now, I ended up with a TYT MD380 that I primarily started using. I do have an Alliance, Alliance, I don't know what the other thing is, uh, an HD1 that I never set up. And then I said, oh, let me try the Elinko again. I found the Elinko speaker was actually really low on it. I wasn't really that happy with the speaker on that radio, but the interface on it is nice. The way it programs is really nice, and I like the way that, that it operates. Well, since my MD380 stopped working well. It was just, something's wrong with the speaker on that radio. I just got to take it apart and find out maybe it has a loose connection in there. I decided to treat myself a couple months ago for my birthday, and I got a Anytone 878 UV2+. It's their newest Anytone handheld radio that is out there. Of course, it has the highest price tag on it, which is about $300 or so, whereas my Alinko I bought was $100 or less. And again, the whole point of that podcast that I was going to create around that radio was let's find a cheap handheld radio that will work. So anything I pretty much talk about here as far as logistics go, not really specifications, would transfer over to the Solinko radio because surprising to me, the Anytone uses the same programming software, more or less, has the same user interface as the Alinko. So to me, that was like, what is going on here? When I first turned on the Anytone, because I was expecting from the way that these reviews came out, that the reviews for these Anytone devices are stellar. Let's put it that way. So I had to test it out, and I was really surprised to see that it was built on the same operating system, basically, as the Linko. So we're not going to hold that against the Anytone. And for those of you who also say to, yeah, from, from us who are old school, Alinko was the Baofeng of the day, right? We would call them the Astinkos, and they were always the bottom tier radios. Not really deserving of that because they did the job. They were cheaper than commercial, you know, like like Kenwoods or Icoms or Yesus, right? They were the affordable radios of the day. So when I bought my Astinko, right, that's still the mindset that I had. And I was pretty impressed by the way that the that the radio operated and worked. So I'm not going to hold that 
in the same light as a as a Baofeng or anything else. It's just interesting that these any tones are on the same operating system, and that also brings a little bit of interesting story to here too, right? We're getting a lot of radios out there that aren't the big radio brands anymore. Between TYT, Wuxong, Baofeng, and 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 other names, again, any tone being one of them. We're getting a lot of new players into the market, especially the two-way radio field. But again, we're not talking about two-way here. We're talking about one-way, which is received. So let's just jump into the 878. Now, again, I'm doing using the UV 878. Well, I'm sorry, the, the 878 UV2+. The plus basically allows APRS on it. There's other versions, non-plus versions. Price tag goes down from here. The radio I'm reviewing right now, it sits around $300. So it's a UHF VHF radio out of the box. Now, it only receives 136 to 174 and 400 to 480 megahertz, transmit and receive here in the US, right? But you can go out of band, and we're going to talk about that in a second, but you can extend the receive and transmit range on it, and you're going to have to in order to use this basically as a, a scanner, especially if you live in an area that I live in that you have T-band. It does do DMR. Again, that's why I bought the radio for DMR, and it works well in simplex, repeaters, and also in both time slot modes. So you can monitor a time slot one and time slot two, just like you can in a scanner. Scanner doesn't care what you time slot you put in there usually. This radio will care, but you can work around that. Some models, like the radio that I have, the, the UV2+, Plus has GPS built into it, which again, you can't use for programming, but it's still nice if you're going to use it for something such as transmitting on DMR or using APRS, which is the advanced packet reporting system used by amateur radio. Now, the trick is some of these Anytone radios will transmit APRS, but this radio, the UV2 Plus, will actually receive APRS packets. You don't need to be an amateur radio operator to receive APRS. So if you want to use it to check out an event, a race, something like that, that you know there's amateur radio operators out there using APRS, you can monitor those beacons right from the handheld device. What's also cool about it too is sometimes the International Space Station will broadcast APRS information and it's not operational right now last I looked, but again, you can also use that on this radio as well, just to see if you can hear the APRS beacons coming overhead from the ISS. It's something that's really cool to, to actually play around with. I've done it a few times, not with this radio, but I've done it in the past, and it's just one of those deals that's really cool. Again, you can also use APRS to monitor openings, and that's another great way to do it as well, just to see what might be coming in, because again, it's on VHF, and if you start receiving more and more frequency, well, not frequencies, but, but call signs, or beacons that you normally don't get could be an indication that you're going to be experiencing a, a ducting or or e-skip or something that is allowing you to receive an you know outside of your geographical area. APRS is a good indicator on the openings. I think we'll talk about this. We haven't already on a future podcast. All right, keep on going down through the list here. The radio supports Bluetooth out of the box. In fact, mine even came with a Bluetooth PTT button because in some states here in the US, you can't even have a handheld microphone anymore. So it comes with a Bluetooth PTT that you can, I guess, Velcro on your steering wheel because what's safer than having a button on your steering wheel you got to press and you can't steer anymore, right? So that's included. I'm assuming you can use the Bluetooth to listen on as well. I haven't played around with it, but again, I'm going to assume that that's in there as well. 4,000 memories. 
it's got plenty of room in there for conventional memories. You could put 5,000, I'm sorry, 500,000 DMR contacts. That's insane. And 10,000 DMR talk groups. These are the specifications I'm pulling offline from Bridgecom Systems, which is where I went and I bought my radio from. Again, you can buy it on Amazon. And we'll put a link in the session notes here to where you can buy this radio on Amazon. It's, it'll still go through Bridgecom, but it's, it's to be truthful, it's how you can thank me for, for this podcast episode. If you use that link to buy from Amazon and anything you buy from Amazon, you could buy underwear for, for what it matters and socks and anything else. And we'll get credit for the sale and that will help. Actually, that will really help the podcast out big time if you would be able to do that for us. What else we have in this radio? 250 zones, 250 channels per zone. It supports 25 kilohertz spacing as well as 12 and a half kilohertz spacing. So you could do narrow band and wide band FM on there. Has a pretty good one watt speaker, which is loud enough. Uh, again, much lighter than my Alinko. And it also supports DMR tier one, tier two, which again, that is simplex and repeated DMR. That is not trunking DMR, which we'll talk about in a little bit here as well. It is IP54 rated, which means it can get splashed and is dust resistant. I wouldn't submerge it at all, but it will it will not fail you in a rainstorm, let's put it that way. Transmit power. Uh, if you're going to use this for transmitting, it's going to uh, going to allow you to do 7 watts, 5 watts, 2.5, and, and 1 watt on VHF. UHF is 6 watts, 5 watts, 2.5, and, and 1 watt. So what's really cool about this, too, is you can actually set this radio up for FRS and GMRS and have it set up with the proper power settings on there so that you are within FCC compliance. It's got a nice color display. You can customize the background of the color display, the boot screen on the display as well. So if you want to have your own wallpaper on there, you can absolutely do that on this radio. Radio measures, again, sorry, these are freedom units here, but it's 5.1 inches high, 1 inch wide, 2.5 inches deep with the fat battery on it. And it's just a little bit more than half a pound. And on the radio, we've got several controls that we can use here. You've got the channel knob, the volume knob. You have an emergency button, which is actually reprogrammable. Uh, a PTT button with two soft keys that are below it that you can program up to do something with there. A full DTMF keypad. Uh, programmable keys, one and two, also above the, the DTMF keypad. You have soft keys that uh, change functions based on what's on the screen. The programming interface is a typical Kenwood-style microphone speaker mic port on the side so you can use all of your Baofeng, Wuxong, or Kenwood adapters on this radio basically. And of course you have a busy or transmit indicator on top of the unit itself. All right, so who uses these radios here besides us who are going to use it for scanning? Well, mostly used by amateur radio operators because it's marketed for amateur radio mar uh, operators to use DMR and the DMR hotspots. And again, if you're looking for a radio to monitor DMR hotspots, this would be a good solution for you. It's a very affordable rate to be able to do that. But again, we're thinking about it here for scanning. And if you're looking for something to monitor, again, conventional DMR systems in your area, this would be a very good solution for that as well. You could also use it, again, for GMRS, hand it out for FRS, MERS. I mean, it's not type accepted for that, but it will work there as well. What's included in a box? Love a drop-in charger. It comes with a drop-in charger, but it also comes with a proprietary battery pack. So, pro and con right there, right? But you get the radio, the antenna, the battery, the belt clip, a desktop charger. I got a PTT Bluetooth button. There's a link for free software. And mine also came with the programming cable. 
So all that comes in the box for about 300 bucks. So it's, it's a nice little package to get you up and running. And again, I love the desktop chargers. Really wish we can get those in scanners. All right, let's talk about now using this radio out of band. Again, very simple to do. There's a couple of YouTube videos on how to do it. Not on our page. Maybe there will be in the future. But you can just look up 878 extended mod or 878 AT option software. That's what you're looking for. AT, Alpha Tango option software. Really what you do is on your Windows computer, you're going to install this AT option software on your on your computer. You're going to connect the radio to the computer. You're going to read the radio. That's going to give you a hash code and also tell you what the current band split is of the radio. Using the drop in or the drop down menu on the radio once you've uh, once you've read the radio in software, you're going to pick a new band split for that radio. And again, I forget what model it is that we're using, but we're going to modify it now to do VHF 136 to 174, 220 to 225, and then 400 to 520. So we're effectively changing this from a dual band radio to a tri band radio. Although I am doing a lot of reading and researching, and a lot of people are saying, if you're going to use this on 220, do not transmit on high power. It's really not made for it. But again, as a scanner as well, and the receiver over there, it gives us the option of having a radio now that can receive down in the one and a quarter hand bands. So anyway, going back to software here, once we pick the new band plan, we can write back to the soft, uh, to the radio. Then we open up the software for programming. We read the scanner. It's going. Then we're going to want to change again the model in the scanner to have the new band panel on it. We're going to save the profile, and now we have a fresh, clean profile on our operating software, installation software, or programming software rather, so that we can now start building this profile. If you already have a profile, and now all of a sudden you realize that your new profile won't work, or your old profile won't work in the new setup, you can export your profile. That will export all your settings, basically, your repeaters, your talk IDs, your DMR information into text files, basically. And then you import all that information back into software. And that's how, basically, you upgrade all of your old programming into the new band plan. So let's talk about some pros on this radio. I think we've been doing that so far, right? Well, some pros are is the fact that the radio actually has what they call commercial mode or professional mode. And what that does is it gives you a dumbed down interface. It basically locks out your keypad, no front programming, uh, front panel programming. Why is that good? Why is that a benefit? Why is this a pro? Well, because imagine you give the radio to somebody who is going to push buttons, is going to try and mess with things, or maybe you're going hunting with a bunch of buddies, or you're going convoying, right, or whatever. You're going out to the desert, or you're driving car to car to car, and you need a radio you can hand out and give to somebody and not worry about them messing up. Well, you, you throw the radio down into commercial mode. Now, all of a sudden, they really can't do much with the radio except talk or change the channel. Of course, on the fly, you can put it back. I believe on the fly, you can set it back up for amateur radio mode. And then you've got full control over the unit as well. It's got dual receive, which is something we've seen really on a lot of these Chinese radios, where you can put two frequencies or two memories on display and hear them both at the same time. Again, find me a scanner, a scanner that does this. Yes, I know we've got some receivers out there from ICOM that do this. But again, find me a, a scanner radio from Uniden or Whistler that allows you to put two frequencies in and monitor them side by side. That doesn't exist. 
I love dual receive because again, it just allows me to monitor two different things without having to put them into scan. So they can both keep at the same time and I can hear them both at the same time. Another pro is we got 500,000 radio IDs in memory, which is very important when we try to bring in the amateur radio ID database in because it's forever growing. And with my Alinko, I think only has 200 or 250,000. It's just not enough anymore. 4,000 memory locations is huge. That gives us plenty, plenty of memory in there to do whatever we want with it. So you can put in amateur radio uh, frequencies and repeaters. You can put GMRS. You can put business band in there. You can put in the whole AAR band plan for the railroads. You could put in marine traffic. You know, There's plenty of stuff that we can put in this radio and actually use it as a SHTF. SH, yeah, SHTF radio because you can put a lot of conventional stuff in here. You can clone this out fairly cheaply and hand it out to a bunch of buddies, right? So, or family members or whatever. It's a good radio for something like that. It also has an FM radio built into it so you can go into the FM broadcast band and tune around and listen to what's going on there as well. It does have record mode so you can record transmissions on there. Again, we talked about a GP, GPS receiver and APRS support, Bluetooth, AES encryption in this radio as well. What's really cool, though, from a scanner radio perspective here is that this radio supports two-tone and five-tone encode and decode. And I played around this for a little bit, but you can actually set this up to a two-tone decode. So I've set it up for my local fire department. When the tones come over, the radio will alert very quietly, I might add, and it will open squelch. You can hear the transmission. And then a really loud tone goes out at the end of the transmission. I wish the beginning tone was la as loud as the end tone. But again, it keeps the radio silent. So you don't hear all of the communication that's happening after the call or just all the chit chat on the repeater. But when the tones activate, you can put that in the radio, and again, it will act like a pager. So where would this be important to? Well, if your local Aries or Skywarn area uses tone activation, you could use this radio for tone activation as well. There's also weather alert activation on this, and I couldn't get it to work right. It just seemed like any time that there was traffic on NOAA, which is 24-7, that the radio would alert me that there was something going on. It's really only supposed to do that when the actual alert tone goes out. For whatever reason, my radio was constantly alerting me about weather alerts. So it seems like something in there might be broken either on my end with the programming or something with the firmware. But again, you may have the ability to use this radio as a weather alert radio as well. A lot of pros we've got here in this radio. Again, we're looking at a $300 price point. Really is a sweet radio. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk about some cons about this radio. And we'll summarize whether or not I feel that this is a valid radio to go out and purchase and use as a scanner after we get through the list of the bad stuff. As a reminder, anybody who is a Patreon supporter at the $3 or level more per month doesn't get this break. For everybody else, we'll catch you in just one second. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, 
looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out scannerschool.com slash support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, scannerschool.com slash support. Are you looking to learn more about the scanner radio hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's hobby radio magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on besides your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swissome and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell POGSAC and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swissome, and Unication dealer serving the North American market and, of course, is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For our full inventory or to request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. All right, so before the break, we had talked about a, whole, a long list of pros on this radio. Well, let's talk about some cons. What are some bad things about this radio? All right. As a scanner radio, I was very disappointed with how slow the scan rate was on this. It is dreadfully slow. Dreadfully slow. It's about as fast as a Baofeng radio. It is definitely not as fast as a scanner radio. And again, this is not a scanner radio, right? This is a two-way amateur radio. And some of the things that have plagued amateur radios has been slow scan rate. I can't stand slow scan rate, but it is what it is. The other issue I have with this radio is the fact that even though it's got 4,000 memory channels on it, and you can put 250 channels per zone, which I think is right, you can only put 50 channels in a scan list. That's it. 50, five, zero. 50 channels 
in a scan list. So is that enough? No, not really. I mean, my my local county fire has got a lot more than 50 channels in it. So it's an issue for me if I want to listen to just one county when it comes to fire. Another issue is, is you can't daisy chain scan lists together. At least I haven't figured out a way to do so. So that means I can't listen to two scan lists at the same time. You have to create another scan list and add frequencies into it. Again, keeping it to only 50 channels. The biggest complaint when it comes from me and scanning with this radio is the fact that it is a pain in the neck to go and change through scan lists. You actually have to go into the menu, go into the scan settings, select the scan list, set the scan list as the scan list, then back out, and then start scanning. Of course, I've set up one of the soft keys on the front of the radio to actually toggle scan start and scan stop, and I toggled another key on there to toggle nuisance delete, which is nice about these radios is the fact you can lock out or nuisance delete a frequency that's in the scan list. Again, that's something you can't do on a Baofeng radio, something we can do on any other scanner that we have. So that's a good thing here. So really, that's what I'm finding when it comes to cons. Other than that, I think it's a great radio when it comes to using it as a scanner. Now, I want to talk too about APRS. What is APRS? Because that's something that this radio supports. I know not a lot of people are are used to if you're using this from you know from a scanner radio world. APRS stands for Automatic Packet Reporting System. It's an amateur radio protocol that basically runs on 1,200 baud packet, and it's a beacon system basically. What you use it for is to beacon information such as position reports, weather observations, telemetry short messaging. And these short beacons or packets contain latitude, longitude. It contains your amateur radio call sign. It can contain a heading. It can contain a brief information about your station if you wanted to. Like I said, it can contain weather information, temperature, humidity, wind speed, wind direction, all that kind of stuff. And you can also digipeed or relay information through APRS. And again, I think we'll do a whole podcast episode on APRS because there's a lot more than what you can do with it, especially when it comes to receiving and using it as a scanner radio tool. But you can also use it, again, we talked about earlier, monitoring the ISS through APRS downlink. And the frequency for that is 145.825. But I just checked APRS.org. Actually, I checked the ISS page. It's down. But if you want to learn more about APRS, you go to APRS. Dot org. It's A-P-R-S, Alpha, Papa, Romeo, Sierra.org. All right, so let's roll through some summaries here and a conclusion on the Anytone 878. Is this good for scanning? Well, again, we talked about very slow scan rate, only 50 channels in a scan list, a pain to change scan lists, but I love the fact that it's got dual receive, 4,000 memories, it will do tier one, tier two DMR, which again means you're not going to monitor anything on a capacity plus, connect plus system. It does have promiscuous mode, which means that it will receive any talk group on a frequency or the talk group that you program in, and it will receive on either time slot. It sits at about a $3 price point, but there are cheaper versions out there if you don't need the 878 UV2 plus. Again, if you're never going to use APRS, then don't get the plus model and you save yourself a couple dollars. 
There's also some older models like the 868, which is also cheaper, but still gives you a lot of the same features that's found in this radio. Is this a good radio for scanning? Well, if you want something that can do DMR conventional at an affordable price point, if you don't need fast scan rates, maybe if you're only monitoring one or two frequencies, or if you want a radio to park on a certain frequency and not spend over $400 for a radio to do that, this would probably be a really good radio for that. If you're looking for a radio to use, again, FRS, GMRS, when it hits the fan type of thing, to put in a bunch of stuff, this could be a good radio to to as a workhorse, basically, that you can use as a scanner and use as a radio for that as well. There's a ton of people out there who are using this radio, again, for the amateur radio world. I'm reviewing this as far as scanning. I think it would work well. In fact, if you're desperate enough to try to get a radio to like this to work on Connect Plus, you can do it if you use the Whistler method. Again, you would just program in the talk groups you want. In the scan list, you put all the voice channels in there and just put it and set it to scan on the voice channels, lock out the control channel. It will receive those DMR talk groups on the frequencies because you're monitoring it conventional. You won't be able to follow a talk group but you'll be able to at least hear what's happening in the system. It's kind of like programming a Motorola Type 2 or an EDAC system in a scanner that doesn't do trunking, right? You program all the frequencies in as conventional. You hit scan. You have no idea who's, who you're listening to, but you can still monitor something that's happening on the system. It's not the right way to do it, but it will get you there. At least if you set up a DMR radio to do that, you can still see the talk group on there so you'll know who's talking. It's a workaround. I wouldn't do it on a busy system. But if you were diehard to, to do it, you could do it. But here's the deal. This wouldn't be the first radio I would grab for a scanner. Absolutely not. No way. I, I, would, I would want a radio that had the ability to bring up multiple scan lists. I'd want a radio with a lot faster scan rate on there. But if I'm going to carry one radio around with me and it's transmit on, this would be a great radio to do both, to use for scan and to use to transmit. It would be a good radio to monitor, again, if you're looking for something that is a tier one or a tier two DMR setup, maybe your local whatever is on DMR, unconventional, and you want a radio to play around with and maybe do some other, a couple other things with, this would be a good radio for that as well. So in the end, yes, this would be a great radio. So if you're looking for an Anytone 878, whether it be the 878 UV2, the UV2+, Plus, or even a lower model, if you can go to scannerschool.com slash Amazon, that will take you over to a parked page on our website because Amazon doesn't let you really hot link from out external sources. You've got to go through a web page first. So if you go to scannerschool.com slash Amazon and then click on the Amazon link there, you can go and find the Anytone radio. Now, you can buy, like I said, you can buy golf balls, you can buy socks or underwear using that link, and that will help Scanner School out because it, they, they'll pay us. They'll pay us for the referral, believe it or not. And it doesn't cost you any money. It's a great free way for you to help Scanner School by going to scannerschool.com slash Amazon. So again, if you're looking for anything over there or if you want to check out this radio, again, when you look at it from Amazon, you can buy it through Bridgecom but through the Amazon webpage, and that's a great way to help help us out. As a reminder, I do need more questions for an upcoming Ask Scanner School. Maybe you just got this radio and have a question about it. That's another great question you can ask on a, a, 
ask scanning school session. 516-308-2885 is our number, or you can go to scannerschool.com slash ask and click on the speak pipe link to leave me a voicemail. Now, again, if you use our local number, again, 516-308-2885 or speak pipe, we'll put you in a running for a free tutoring session. You can book us for tutoring by going to scannerschool.com slash tutoring, book us for an hour, and we'll sit side by side via Zoom, and I can help you with whatever you are stuck with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby. Don't forget, too, I'd like to hear your feedback on this by going over to our Discord server, scannerschool.com slash Discord for that as well. All right, guys, we will talk to you all next week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you're over there on our email newsletter so you can see what is going on here behind the scenes. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. 73 everyone.